two weeks. The series that we begin today is called Courageous. Uh, last week, Jesse told us that uh, everybody in Israel, or at least in Jerusalem anyway, because that's where he was, was on the streets dancing and celebrating. And I said, why are they dancing and celebrating? And uh, as only a, a young adult male could do to his older father, he said, it's Purim. Like everybody knew that. How many knew it was Purim last week? Anybody know that? Two people, two Bible scholars knew that it was Purim last week. It's a very special Jewish holiday. It's a, it's a celebration. The celebration that began on Wednesday in the evening and went on to Thursday the next evening is a celebration that, uh, that highlights the courageous act of Esther, Queen Esther. If you have never read the book of Esther, uh, you're in for a real treat. You need to do that. We're not going to get into that this morning, but I want to say this about Esther. Esther's act of, cur- of courage literally saved the Jewish race. The Jewish people were slated to be wiped out, but because of the courage of this woman, who had the opportunity given to her, we believe by God, she went before a king, and she pleaded for her own people. This is what we call courage. And I want to say to you today that courage is a Christian virtue. A lot of people don't understand that and don't know that. But the Bible calls each and every one of us to be courageous from day to day. We'll talk about more of that in just a moment. Let me just remind everybody of what courageous means. The the dictionary uh, gives a definition of courageous like this. It says, uh, courageous is the ability to do something that you know is right or good, even though it's dangerous frightening or very difficult. It's the ability to be brave when you are in great danger. This is what God has called each of us to be and each of us to do. To do courageous things, even when our natural instinct would say, do the other thing. Don't take the risk. Don't walk into that dangerous place. Maintain your comfort zone. Stay comfortable. I mean, after all, we're king's kids, right? We're God's kids. And God wants us to be happy and comfortable all the time. If you have bought into that weird theology, then you're not going to like what I've got to say today. What I'm calling you to today is something far greater, far grander, far more majestic, far more thrilling than anything that humanistic ideology or philosophy could ever, ever offer you. Jesus invites you to a courageous lifestyle. He invites you to come and lay down your life and make a difference in this dark and broken and hurting world. Now here's the thing. Great things only happen when people are courageous. Great and wonderful things in this world happen only when people Believe God and take that step of courage, doing the hard thing, the dangerous thing, the risky thing. I'm going to tell you today, if you want better working conditions where you work, you're going to have to take a step 
that's going to require courage. If you want a better marriage, you're going to have to take a step of courage. You're going to have to be courageous in assuring that you have a better marriage, and it's going to take courage. If you want a better family, if you want better relationships, better friendships, if you want to do better at your job, if you want to make a difference in this world, it's going to only happen when you take that step that requires great courage. This is a Christian, this is a Christian virtue. I'm going to say again, nothing good happens unless people take steps that require courage. Now here's the thing. I will say this to you today. God wants the very best for you. That is, that is not, that's not a, a, an issue that is um, a, a question this morning. We, we know God wants the very best for us. He tells us this over and over and over again in his word. But what about, most of us don't understand is the way that we get the best from God is by doing his will. Can I just say that again? The way that we experience or receive the best from God is by doing his will. I'm going to tell you, there's no exception to that rule. God does not go against his own word ever. So if you want the best, God's best in your life, then you're going to have to do his will. So if I asked everybody this morning, how many want the best that God has to offer in your life? Just wave at me. There's four of us do, six of us. Well, some of us do, some are not sure. Okay. Maybe by the end you will be sure. If you want the best that God has for you, then you're going to have to do his will. Now, here's the thing. Doing, how many know this? Doing God's will is hard. Everybody know that? It's really hard. Because it goes against our natural instinct. Our, our natural instinct is this, people. Our natural instinct is to be self-centered. How many know that? Our natural instinct is to, is to always put ourselves first. And God's saying, if you want the best in your life, it's not, going to be, it's not going to come through doing what you want. It's going to come through doing what God wants you to do. And that's where the blessing comes. That's where you begin to experience the prosperity, the success, the happiness that God wants for you. Remember, God is a God of love, and the law of love is always others first. It's always God first. So here's the thing. If we're going to be, if we're going to be uh, a people who do God's will and receive the blessing of God, it's going to take an abundance of courage. You need to be courageous. You need to take that step of courage and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing this because I want to do it. I'm doing it because God tells me to do it. And as we sit here this morning, it'll, I think some of you know right now, even as I'm speaking, the things that God has spoken to you about things that God wants you to do and you've been holding back on God I pray that at the end of the service you will go from this place doing God's will that you will go from this place doing the thing that God wants you to do that you'll take that step of courage and obey God and do his will and I'm going to tell you if you do that I'm going to make you a promise a money-back guarantee if you do God's will if you take that step of courage and do what he says then God will bless you God will provide for you. God will meet your needs, and you will see that things in your life will start going right. How many know today that so often the problems that we find ourselves in, the difficulties, that, the scrapes that we find ourselves in, it's because somewhere along the line we didn't do God's will. We didn't obey God. We didn't fulfill his will. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But can I say this to you? Remember what I said. Great things happen only when people take steps of courage. 
Miracles are in fact the fruit of courage. Can I say that again? Miracles are the fruit of courage. And so here's the thing. When you take a step of faith and you do what God wants you to do, you start doing God's will, the miracles begin to roll. For some of you, you've been praying for so long and God doesn't seem to be answering prayers and things don't seem to be working out. I'm going to, tell you, I'm going to just tell you this this morning. It's probably because somewhere along the line you stopped doing what God wanted you to do and things started going sour for you. Most of us can actually can, can look back and, and we, we know the day and the hour when it happened when we decided, I'm not going to do God's will, I'm going to do what I want to do. I want to call everybody today, go back to that place and pick it up again, pick up God's will again and say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. So here's what you need to know. Being courageous is in fact a command given by God to all who would be called his people. So if you today would call yourself a Christ follower or a Christian, then you need to understand that this command that God has given to be courageous is, is something that you need to do. It's something that you need to be. You need to be courageous. So in order to demonstrate this or to help us understand this, I'd like us to look at the life of Joshua. Anybody ever hear of Joshua? Joshua is the one who was Moses' successor. Remember Moses? Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And after Moses led the people of Israel, then it was Joshua's job. It was his job to take over. So, Joshua is called by God. God says, Joshua, I want you to be the new leader of my people. And Joshua Remember, it's been trained by Moses for some time. But now when it actually comes down to it, Moses is not coming into the promised land, and, and that's Joshua's job to lead the people into the promised land. Joshua's like, he's like now starting to panic a little bit. He's looking around, and he's seeing, wow, there's, there's got to be at least 2 million Israelites. The reason we know that is because the Bible says that at that time, there were about 600, well, 600,000 Jewish men, and if we, if we calculate in the, the, the wives and then the children, we're looking at well over two million people. God says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to take all these people and I want you to bring them into the promised land. Now, for those of us who grew up hearing that story from childhood, we don't think much of it, but I want you to stop and think about this for a moment. This is, Joshua has never done this before. He really hasn't led very much. And he certainly hasn't been responsible for two million people. Remember, it all rests on his shoulders. And God says to Joshua, I want you to take these people into the promised land. Now, can you just imagine Joshua saying, okay, God, you want me to take two million people into the promised land? And, um, and how am I going to do this? Well, God says, well, you're just going to cross that river. You, you want me to take two million people, men, women, and children, and babies, and you want me to cross a river into the promised land? God says, yeah, that's what I want you to do. And, and Joshua says, now even if I could get across that river, which is flowing quite, quite strong at the moment, and if you've been to Israel, you know that the Jordan River is not a creek that you can just sort of take your shoes off, roll up your pants, and walk across. Joshua says, if you, if you, you know, just assuming I can get across that river, when I get to the other side, you understand, God, that the land is full of people that hate our guts and want to kill us. 
I'm sure that Joshua was thinking back 40 years earlier when Moses led Israel out of Egypt and they came to the doorstep of the promised land and everybody said, it's too difficult, we can't do this. And for that reason, God made the children of Israel wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, now 40 years has passed and they're ready to go in. And Joshua's thinking, now how is this going to work? God, what do I do when I get there? And God says, well, here's what's going to happen. Once you get in there, um, once you get into the promised land, I want you to circumcise all the males. That's what it says, people. Remember, the circumcision was a sign of, of, of the covenant between God and his people. So God, what you're saying is after we somehow cross this river, get into this so-called promised land, where we are going to be in very close position to our enemies, you want the men now to be in a position where they can't really do too much? They can't protect their wives and children? God said, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Okay, so after we get that done, God, then what? Well, Joshua, this is what I want you to do next. I want you to attack the city of Jericho. And Joshua says, okay, God, but like, uh, we don't have an army. We've got some fighting men here. And God says, that's no problem. We'll send out the priests. It's like, we don't have an army, but we'll send out the pastors. They'll take care of it. You're going to go, Joshua, with the priests and the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Ark of the Covenant? It was the evidence of God's presence. And this is what I want you to do, Joshua. I want you to take your fighting men, the handful of fighting men that you have, and the high priest, and the priests, and the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to walk around the walls of the Jericho once, every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times. And then at the end of the, 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 the seven rounds, I want you to shout with a loud voice. And that's how you're going to conquer Jericho. Can you imagine what must have been going through Joshua's mind? God, this is all too crazy. It's all too unrealistic. I've never ever heard of this being done before. God, are you serious? Is this really, really what you want me to do? It just seems too difficult. Now, how many of us here today are facing anything like what Joshua had to face? Doesn't it make the thing that you're going through right now seem quite small in comparison? Well, here's the thing. God knew. God knew how difficult this would be, and he knew how, how incredible it would sound in the ears of Joshua. And so... For this reason, God says to Joshua, not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times. This is what he says. Would you put that slide up? Let's read it together. Be strong and very courageous. Just stop there. Seven times God says that before Joshua ever steps out. What's God saying to Joshua? He's saying, Joshua, you need to trust me. You need to put your faith in me. You need to believe that when I give a command, when I give instructions, I don't just give instructions, but I back them up with my very presence. Joshua, you're not going along. Be strong and very courageous. Now this morning, some of you are going through some really difficult times in your life. 
You're having a hard time maybe in your marriage, with your, I don't know, with your health, with your kids, maybe at work, finances. I don't know. But I can tell you this. This is what I know for sure from the Word of God. God's calling you to be strong and courageous because God himself is with you. God himself is backing you up. You are not facing whatever it is that you have to face. You are not facing it alone. Now, let's just stop and think about this for a moment. Can you imagine if, you know, fast forward three or 4,000 years, and all of a sudden I stand up in church one Sunday and I say to the congregation, hey, folks, this morning God spoke to me and he told me that I'm supposed to lead uh, all of Manitoba and Saskatchewan into the promised land. You'd think, Pastor, you finally lost it. You're, you're, finally, you're finally out of your mind. No, nope. God said, I'm supposed to lead all two million of the people from Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We're supposed to go into the promised land. We're going to Fargo. Because <laughs> everybody knows that that's the promised land, right? You say, Pastor, you finally, you finally have lost it. You're, you're, you're out of your mind. Don't you think that there would have been a lot of people challenging Joshua and saying, Joshua, are you sure you're really hearing from God? I mean, what's so bad about the desert anyways? We're comfortable here. God's feeding us. Let's just stay where we are. Let's, let's not challenge the status quo. Let's just be here. We're okay here. God's here. God loves us. Do we really need to change? Do we really need to advance? Do we really need to go to another place? I'm going to tell you this. If you've been following God for any, for any length of time, you'll know this, that God is always moving you on to a new place. He's always moving you on so that you grow, so that you're stretched, so that you're accomplishing and doing his will. Joshua, are you sure? And Joshua says, I've never been so sure of anything in all my life. We're going into the promised land, and we're going we're gonna to conquer Jericho. I know we've never done it like this before. You've never heard of this before, but we're going to do it. We are going to see the hand of God at work. Now, can I tell you this? That's really, that's really what courage is. It's all about faith. It's all about trusting God. It's all about, remember, it's all about believing God and doing what he says no matter what. That's what courage is. And some of us here today, we, uh, we have forgotten that. And our lives really are pretty inconsequential. We're not really doing too much of, of, of any, anything significant. We've just gotten stuck in our own little world, doing our own little thing. It's pretty much status quo. And this morning, God's tapping on the shoulder, and, it's, and he's saying, it's time to end the status quo. It's time for you to rise up and do the thing that you were created to do. It's time to start using the gift that God has given you. It's time for you to make a sacrifice and to do the hard thing, the thing that maybe you don't feel like doing. I mean, don't you think that Joshua would have loved to have gone to Florida, sat on the beach, rather than have to be responsible for two million people? I mean, really, somebody else could have done it, right? God had this man chosen to do a job. And guess what? Everybody here today 
who calls himself or herself a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a job to do. And your, your job is to make sure that you fall in line and do the thing that God's called you to do. Are you pre- prepared to do that? You see, this is what we call doing the will of God. This is what we call obedience. And here's what I remember what I said at the very beginning of my message. I said, if you want a miracle in your life, then you need to obey God. Because miracles are the fruit of courage. So if you need a miracle in your life today, then I, I suggest this to you. You need to say, God, I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to do what you call me to do, even though it doesn't make sense, even though I don't understand it, although, even though it seems fantastic, I'm going to do what you call me to do. And then, folks, watch the miracles begin to roll in. I'm going to tell you, this is, this is, this is what it means to be a Christian. You're not just going through a... a, a through a liturgy here. You're not just sort of going through the religious routines, you know, cross yourself and turn around three times, jump up and down, bend over, and everything's going to be good now because you went through the religious formula. We're talking, folks, about partnership with God, where you are God's agent here on this earth. Someone said to me, man, what kind of a God would allow suffering and pain and sorrow and hurt in this world? I'm going to tell you this. This is not God's plan for this world. God wants to bring health and healing and hope and deliverance and freedom to the people who are living in destruction and pain and sorrow. And the way that God does it is through you and me who are willing to say, God, I'm willing to obey you. I'm willing to do your will. I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I'm willing to go to Burundi. I'm willing to take out my checkbook. I'm willing to give funds to the work. I'm willing, oh God, to be used by you for your purposes. That's what we call courage. This is what it means to be an agent of God, bringing light and hope to a broken world. Because I'm going to tell you, one day, one day, the day that Jesus returns to this earth, he came as a little baby and he won the hearts of men. He rules now in the hearts of many. But someday he's coming to this earth again and he's going to rule over not just in the hearts of men, but all that we know of today. So that, as the Bible says, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what's coming. But until then, God has called you and me to do a work. God has called you and me to do a task. And that's to bring light and hope and healing to a broken world. And that takes courage. That takes tremendous courage. But I'm going to tell you this. Nothing great happens in this world without courageous people. Are you willing to rise up and be the people God has called you to be? to do the things that God has called you to do? If you came here this morning to be mollycoddled, it's not going to happen. If you came here this morning, you'd say, Pastor, I just wanted to come and I just want you to make me feel good. Can't you say something just to make me feel good? Look, if you want to feel good, go back home to bed and get your spouse to bring you breakfast and stroke your head. I'm going to tell you this. If you're serious about doing great things for God, about having a life that has meaning and significance and purpose, that's going to take a willingness on your part to take steps of courage and to step outside of your comfort zone and go with us down to the Lighthouse Mission, downtown Winnipeg. Oh, it's not, it's not a comfortable place to be if you've never been there before. But I'm going to tell you, that's where God's going to show up and that's where miracles begin to happen. 
If you want to, if you want to experience the power of God in your life and you want to see miracles take place, then sign up for Burundi. Sign up for the Philippines and watch what God will do. Tom Turner came to me and said, Pastor, I, I don't know how this happened. It's just incredible to me, but my way is paid to Burundi. All the funds have come in. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't signed up to go to Burundi. You want to see miracles take place in your life? You obey God, do what he says, and watch what he will do in your life. Joshua did go, and he fought the battle of... You know that song, don't you? We sang that as kids, Joshua did the battle of... Oh, you're pathetic. Forget it. (laughs) Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and what happened? And the walls came tumbling down. Folks, I've been to Jericho. That was uh, when people could still visit Jericho. I don't think I think it's off limits right now. If you're going to visit in Israel, there's there are no walls standing. Jericho exists. It's a real place, but there's no walls standing. God's work is complete. Now, I'm going to say this to you this morning. It's tough. It's tough taking steps of courage. It's tough doing God's will. But I can tell you right now, parents. There's nothing that your kids need more than for you to be courageous and demanding that they follow you and follow your example. There's nothing that your kids need more than to see you setting an example of one who follows Jesus and loves God with all your heart. Are you willing to take that step? Husbands and wives, marriage struggling right now, there's nothing that you need more and to take a step of courage and, and do whatever it takes to see your marriage fixed. Don't throw it away. Don't say, oh, well, it's doomed anyway. Do what you can. Take that step of courage. Now, I know some of you this morning are saying, you know, Pastor, this all sounds good and wonderful, but I just don't know how I can do it. I'm not the courageous type. I'm not the hero type. I love reading about heroes, but... I don't know if, if I can do it. Well, I'm going to tell you. Yes, you can. Look at the rest of this verse. It says, be careful to obey. Go back for a sec. Be careful to obey all the, the instructions Moses gave you. Would you read that with me? Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Then God goes on to say this to Joshua in verse 8. He says, read it. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, how, do, how are we going to be courageous people? How are we going to do God's will? How will we do the right thing so that as God promises, we will prosper and, and succeed? Folks, there's only one way. You need courage fuel. Has anybody heard of rocket fuel? Folks, this is courage fuel. Does anybody know what this book is? This book of instruction is called the, the Bible. Look what it says here. Study this book of instruction how often? How often is continually? All the time. The thing that's going to inspire you and encourage you and enable you to do the will of God so that you are making courageous steps and making courageous decisions and doing courageous things, is that you are doing what God says here. And what does he say concerning this book of instruction? 
There's three things that, that God tells Joshua to do. He says what? He says, study this book of instruction. He says, meditate on this book of instruction. And then he says what? He says, obey this book of instruction. Now, why is it so important for us to be feeding on this word? Because that's literally what, the, what it says in the scripture to do. It says, feed on the word of God. You know? Eat the book. Feed on it. Let it nourish you. Why, do, why should we do it? Well, first of all, because of the promises that are in this book. If you are going to do the things that God wants you to do, then you need to know what God wants to do to you and for you to help you do his will. And the book, this book of instruction gives all kinds of promises about who God is and what he will do for you. Look what it says here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. It says this. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of, of your enemies. For the Lord your God goes with you. Look at this. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now look at this. The thing that's going to give you the courage to do God's will is knowing that God will never leave you or forsake you. That you're not going alone. You're not doing His will on your own or in your own strength. But you'd never know that unless you were feeding on the Word of God. Unless you knew the promises. So here's the thing. When I get up in the morning and I say, God, give me the courage and the strength to do your will today, it's always with the knowledge of his promise that he will never leave me, never, nor forsake me, that he is going with me. That comes, folks, from knowing the word of God. And that's why God says to Joshua, you've got to make sure that you are studying this book of instruction, that you're meditating on it and that you're obeying it. Well, folks, not only are we inspired and encouraged did you notice the word encourage? To encourage means to impart courage, to give courage. That's what this book does. It imparts courage. It gives courage. So not only does this book impart courage to us through reading of the promises, but there are also wonderful examples of people who trusted God. People that we would call courageous. People that we can look at and see, wow, God really did help. God really came through. The first person that I can think of is Enoch. Anybody heard of Enoch? The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. God caught him up to, and brought him into heaven to be with him. Wow. And then we read about Noah. And God says to Noah, Noah, I want you to build a boat. Not just a, not just a little yacht, not just a little boat just for your family, but for all the animals. I talk about needing courage because he was nowhere near a lake. Nowhere near anything that could float a boat the size that he was making. It's like, it would be like building a, an ocean liner in Headingley. I mean, people would say, well, are you out of your mind? Like, how are you going to get that thing to the lake or to the sea? We'd say, like, don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. God's going to take care of that. And, of course, everybody will do what? They will roll their eyes, and they will call you names and laugh at you. And they did that to Noah. But you see, Noah had a walk with God. And in fact, you know the story. God did come through. And Noah and his family were saved because Noah had the courage to obey God, to do his will. And when, here's the thing. Every time that you are courageous and do God's will, miracles take place. This is when the supernatural meets the natural. Not just, not just Noah. And there's Abraham. 
God appears to Abraham. Imagine poor Mrs. Abraham, Sarah. God appears to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to leave your family, leave your home, leave everything behind. Just take your wife and your kids or your, uh, your, your nephew Lot and, and take, uh, take your household possessions and then go to the place I'm going to tell you to go. So can you imagine Abraham goes to his wife and says, Sarah, God has just spoken to me. And Sarah says, God who? Who are you talking about? You know, our God, the one God, the true God, the only God. Yeah, and what did, you, what did God say to you, Abraham? And, Sarah, and Abraham says, Sarah, well, God says that we're supposed to leave, leave our home, leave our, leave our home, our, 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 our city, our country, and we're supposed to go to another place. And, they, and Sarah says, where is this place? And uh, Abraham says, well, I'm not sure. How many wives here, if your husband said to you, we're going to leave home, we're going to leave our house, we're going to leave the city, uh, how many would be willing to say, okay, sure, let's go, let's do it. Sounds like fun. Very few women would do that. Very few men would do that. But Abraham did. He obeyed God. And the Bible says that because he obeyed God, God counted that obedience to him as righteousness. And we know the story about Abraham. God created incredible wealth for the man. And from his offspring, many nations. Joshua could look at Abraham. He could look at Isaac. He could look at Jacob. He could look at Joseph who became the second most powerful man in the world because of his courage. He was willing to obey God. Folks, listen, you need to read the Bible. You need to look at, the, at these great heroes of the faith because this is what's going to give you the courage to go on doing God's will. We need to feed him this book to get guidance from his word. We've got the examples, we've got the promises, but there's guidance here. And look what it says here in Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. If you fully obey God's, uh, obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. There's the guidance. So, and that's the promise. If you want to know God's blessing in your life, and I don't think there's anybody here today that would say, you know, Pastor, it's not for me. I don't want to be blessed. I don't, I don't want to be successful. I don't want to prosper. I like being where I am. I love living in squalor. Thank you very much. I know. I know that what you want is to know God's blessing in your life. And God says only when we study the book, and meditate on it and obey it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. But it takes courage to do that. It's the hard thing. Now let me just say this to you in closing. After Joshua went into the promised land with all the two million plus people, after he marched around the walls of Jericho and they came tumbling down, you know what the, you know what the Bible says? It says this in Joshua chapter 6, 27. It says, So the Lord was with Joshua... And his fame spread throughout the land. Was it Joshua that did the great things? No, it was God that did the great things through Joshua. Through a man who had courage and a willingness to do God's will. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to make your life count? Are you willing to live a life of significance? Nothing good ever happens without people taking courageous action. 
Nothing good comes to your marriage. Nothing good comes to your family. Nothing good comes to your workplace. Nothing good comes to your neighborhood. Nothing good comes to your church unless you're willing to take steps of courage. Has anybody ever heard of Rosa Parks? You remember her back in the 1950s? Actually, it was December 1st, 1955. Rosa Parks got on the bus, took her seat. A white person got on the bus and wanted to sit down. And the bus driver, James Blake, said, You, get up. Move to the back of the bus. Let this person have a seat. Let this white person have a seat. Rosa Parks, knowing that she is a child of God, knowing that she's been created in the image of God, knowing that she is 100% equal to every other human being on the planet, refused to get up just because her skin color was a, was a different color. She stayed where she was. And you know the story. Kicked off the bus. It started a boycott, the Montgomery bus boycott. This was a catalyst for change in America. This was a catalyst that gave, gave, gave fuel, gave strength to the civil rights movement and actually put Martin Luther King Jr. On, in, a, in a new place, on a new level. And it rallied, it literally rallied Christians from around the nation to fight for human rights. And we know today that because of the courage of Rosa Parks, we can say that in the United States today there is equality, at least legally. There's still prejudice, of course, but things, times are changing. Things are changing. The courage of one person willing to do the right thing. I think of Burundi this morning. Listen to Dennis talking about land. Here's a guy who saw a need and nobody else was meeting the need and he said, I'm willing to do the will of God. Anybody would have said, have you got any training on building villages? Have you got any training in human, uh, uh, in relief work? Have you got any training in helping people in distress? Have you got any training in international work? And he'd have to say no to all those things. But what he did have is he did have the voice of God speaking to him and say, go to Burundi. And in obedience, he obeyed the will of God. And God started doing miracles and started providing for him and gave him a job that not only meets, more than meets the needs of his family, far more. He makes far more now than he did when he was working full-time with IBM. Not only does he have enough money to meet the needs of his family, but he also has, has enough money to start meeting the needs of a whole village in Africa. Folks, miracles happen when people take a step of courage and say, I'm willing to do God's will. Anybody ever heard of Abraham Lincoln? He's called the greatest, greatest president in America. Why? Because he had the courage to stand up against everybody in the southern states and say no to slavery. No more. No more. And for that, he lost his life. Right now, we're, we're seeing young teenagers, and many, many, of this, many of you have heard of this. It's been on the news. You've heard about the sex slavery, young girls sold into slavery, right here in our own country. I wonder if anybody here will rise up and say, enough. I mean, if there's anybody here who's got the courage to stand up and say, God, here am I, use me. Use me to make a difference in this dark and broken world. 
I wonder if there's anybody here who'll stand up and say, God, here am I, use me. Does anyone here have the courage to say, God, I'm willing to do your will. I'm willing to fight against abortion. We haven't heard much about abortion lately, but I'm going to tell you, it's, the numbers of abortions are higher than ever. Nobody's saying anything about it. Who will rise up the courage that God gives them and obey him and do his will and lead, it, lead an end to this? Poverty. This past week, you may have seen it on the news. How many have heard of Coney 2012? Have you heard of that? It's a movement to put an end to the despicable and horrible rule of uh, a Ugandan warlord called Kony. Stealing little children from their villages, little boys, putting rifles in their hands and putting them on the front lines to fight. Raping untold hundreds of little girls. Who rise up? And say, God, give me the courage to do your will, to put an end to this horror. You see, you and I are the answer to the prayers of many who are living in poverty and brokenness and slavery, debauchery. You and I. You and I are God's plan A. And he's calling you and I to do his will. And I can tell you this. And anybody who says, I'm willing to do the will of God, that person will experience and know the power of God behind them every step of the way. You will know miracles take place in your life. You will see God do things that you never dreamt or never imagined. How many people this year in 2012 will say, here, my God, I'm willing to do your will. Give me the courage to obey you and do your will. I just want to close with this. Just so that you understand that being courageous is a Christian virtue and it's something that you and I are going to be judged for someday. I don't know if you realize this, but you and I are going to stand before God and give an account someday. And here it is. In Revelation 21, 7 to 8, it says this. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. But, ready for this? But cowards. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Being courageous, my friends, is not an option. You will be judged for this someday. And if you are a coward and unwilling to obey God and to do His will and be courageous, you are numbered with the unbeliever, with the corrupt, with the murderer, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idolatry, and, and liars. Today and for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to be courageous. And I pray, I pray, that God would do something incredible in the hearts of our people. I pray that God would raise up an army of courageous people who are saying, I'm willing to do God's will. I want to see God's will done. If you're willing to do that, then you're going to see some pretty incredible miracles take place in your life. And you're going to experience 
the thrill, the excitement, and the joy of the Christian life. You're going to experience God at work in you in a way you've never experienced before. Would you stand with me as we pray?